0: You are watching Game Time Decisions. I am Gabriel Morenci, throwing it down with the Raging Redhead. Yeah, Stewart, What up, Pluto? What up, Sumo? What up, stir? Let's stir the drink and get this thing done. Uh, we're back in the cage, UFC fight night. We've got NASCAR. We've got Bundesliga. We've got Skins Games. Man, we've got, uh, you know, we've got sports. Uh, that's what we've got. You no, know, We've got sports to break down. But uh, tonight we're about the UFC. We'll get into some baseball a little bit later on. Yeah, you know, I want to start off with the UFC, but uh, me and Cam both got a little fired up. It is what it is. And uh, we went on a little uh, little tirade about uh, Major League Baseball and their uh, false news plans. <laughs> I just love that false news. Yeah, false news. I, it's better fake, fake. false, false uh, news term, is better. The term fake news is bothering me. It's overplayed, right? Yeah, but, it is. It's false yeah. news. So just for the record, when Chris Johnson was accused of, what was it, like killing someone or something? Yes, or, like, yes, it was, I think it was murder, uh, yes. He said, false news. (laughs) That's all he tweeted. Nothing else. False news. False news. I like that. False news. Uh, What's not false news is a kid in Brazil broke Tony Hawk's world record. All right? Which is unbelievable. Uh, No one's ever done this before. So, um, except I know Cam's come close. I know you've come close a couple of times. I know, Cam, you can pull off the Tony Hawk 900, but can you pull off the 1080? And basically, like, um, an 11-year-old kid did something that no skateboarder's done. Tony Hawk didn't do it. He surpassed. He's an 11-year-old prodigy from Brazil. And it's funny. His father says now that he doesn't have to go to school every day, he has time to practice more. And that's how he pulled it off. You know, so this kid's the future of skateboarding. 11 years old, and he pulled
1: that move off, unbelievable. No, you're, you're saying something, Gabe, like, I could barely get down the street with a skateboard. What that kid did and the age of 11, are you kidding me? That's what tells you about kids, you know what it is? It's a different world we're living in. Kids are fearless now, like even in everything. Like, you know what I mean? You're watching shows, kids are like professional cooks, professional skateboarders, like, there's no more being a kid. These kids grow up, and this kid is the real deal. so he did a 360 yep. three times. That's <laughs> unreal. 11 years old. He did it like, do that? He went up,
0: he spun around, spun around, spun around, oh. like all the way around again, which is impossible. No one's done it. I think his weight helped him, actually, because he's a little smaller, you That's know? Yep. But as you mentioned, he's fearless. Um, I used to have a ramp on my roof and a basketball court and stuff. It was like a circus. So just skateboard and play basketball all day out there. Dude, I used to wipe out all the time on the ramp. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. Like... Like, I had a hard time, bro, just sort of like, for me, there was no tricks. I could go up and down. You know, it was pretty cool. I could turn around and go back the other way. I couldn't even, like, ride the rail on top. I would, like, tumble down. I didn't like wiping out. I didn't have uh, pads or anything. And uh, I used to wipe out and cut myself all the time. But I was a really good street skater, cap. When I was a teenager, I used to ride a skateboard on the street everywhere. And, like, fearless type thing. Like, flying off of sidewalks, pulling, like, on the back of buses, like, the whole nine (laughs) yards, going down hills full speed. I wiped out a lot. Like, I busted myself up pretty good. Actually, like, I really messed myself up once, and I sort of stopped after that. Um, Busted my face up, thought I broke (laughs) my arm and stuff. (laughs)
1: Like I went
0: down. It's dangerous. (laughs) I pretty much did, like, one of those, like, dares. It was sort of like this hill in Montreal that was like, you became a legend if you skated it type thing. I was like, I could do do that. I did it. I pulled it up, but I wiped out at the bottom of the hill pretty hard. (laughs) (laughs) We want to welcome everybody listening on SB Nation uh, Radio, the loudest station in the nation. I am Renzi. We're throwing it down with Rachel Redhead Cab, store As Bruce Buffer would say, it's time. Time for the UFC. So let's jump in uh, with some UFC picks. We were talking an hour one about Anthony Smith. Both me and Cam like Anthony Smith to win the fight. I think it's going to go over two and a half rounds. Cam likes Ben Rothwell. I'm going to take OSP in this fight. And I'm going to... Uh, I've already rolled the dice on this. And this fight's going to go the distance. Plus 156. It's plus 156 for a reason. We were talking about Drew Dober. And uh, this guy's a real tough kid, uh, this guy. And so is uh, Alexander uh, Hernandez. Both these kids, both these guys are mean-spirited camp. You know what I mean? Like, like Alexander Hernandez basically stated, oh, I had coronavirus, but I kicked its ass. It scared of me. <laughs> and, uh, and then he goes on to say, I don't even care about this virus. He said his training was good because he trains with a bunch of Brazilians that didn't believe in the virus. So he goes, oh no, my camp was totally normal. I train with a bunch of crazy dudes that don't care. Um, but he's getting Drew Dober here, bro. And you talked about it. You look at Dober, he beat uh, Hasperast one round, one minute and uh, 10 seconds into the first round. TKO punches. Beat Marco Polo. Marco Polo Reyes. Uh, beat him 107. This guy's last two fights, bro, he's only been in the cage for two
1: minutes and 17 seconds. <laughs> no, it's crazy. Like, so think about this. Uh, Hernandez, Gabe, right? 13 professional fights. He's never lost by submission. What's that? These guys like to, they, they like to throw him and Dober the same way. Like this guy hasn't lost a decision in 12 consecutive fights. Well, that's unbelievable. And his UFC debut, May 31st, 2014 versus Nick. Hey, I'll tell you something, man. That's uh these guys are going to kill each other. You're right. bloodbath. No, of the no night. This is the fight of the night. I'm telling you.
0: Yeah. Hey, you'll see Tomorrow, when, when we, we talk about this. When we break down this card, you're going to go, you were right, Maranci, that was the fight of the night. I think these these guys are really going to bring it. Um, we'll, we'll continue to break down the numbers uh, here. Yeah, this fight, I'm not so sure this one. I, I don't know if I have the heart to bet this one to go the distance. I'll tell you that much. No. Um, both these guys are going to be looking for finishes. You know, Dover actually might be a more polished fighter. I was attracted by the odds uh, of Hernandez being the underdog. Hernandez is a tough kid, though, bro. I mean... You know, Danel ben- ben- Darius is a very good fighter, all right? He knocked him the F out. Olivier Aubameurier, kid from Quebec, he's all right. Good wrestler, though, and he out-grinded him. Um, all right, Cowboy Cerrone was tough, man. Cowboy Cerrone is a tough dude. He's an older, he's like a man, right?
2: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: game time decision continues i am rnc ufc we're on the clock the raging redhead can are with us Robert Murray will join us a little bit later on. when we to talk some uh, baseball. George Kurtz. We'll check in with Kurtz and see if his backyard's available uh, because it looks like the commissioners are going to need a place uh, to play. Uh, we're talking about uh, the UFC right now and Alexander Hernandez and Drew Dolber is going to be a great fight. Man, you look at uh, Drew uh, Dauber, five and one uh, over his last six fights, three wins via KO, TKO. Only of his, uh, two of his past eight fights have gone the distance. All right, only two hasn't lost a decision in twelve consecutive contests, as you mentioned. And uh, you look at uh, you look at uh, Alexander Hernandez. Seven of the Solid. thirteen fights have been finished inside the distance as well.
1: Yep, I killers. think they
0: might. Yeah, they might
1: neutralize each other a little bit here, though. That's that's an interesting point. You have both guys who can who have knockout potential. These guys are absolute killers. The question is, I ask you, Gabe, and you know these guys more. Who's got a better ground game if it does get to the ground? I'd say Hernandez. Interesting. And Dolber's got more a little I, I, bit more I, I, a little Dober, bit more zip in his in his hands. I don't Just know a if can bit. say
0: that Hernandez is kind of raw. He's a, he's still yep. young. I think Hernandez is like I'm, you know I'm surprised so so much respect they have for Drew Dolber because Hernandez is always favored. He was even favored against Cowboy Cerrone. Wow. And I was on Cowboy in that fight, uh, but it was a man versus a kid. I'll tell you what the over under is two and a half in this fight. And man, it's plus 126 to the under. You're getting plus money. Uh, Will this fight go the distance? No is minus 110. I don't think this fight goes the distance. I can see this fight uh, being stopped at one point or the other. Someone could do some severe damage here.
1: Oh yeah, and and you say when you have, but you bring up a very interesting point that people don't uh, talk about. When you have two guys with the exact same style, sometimes weird things happen. You might be able to feel it out for a while. They're not just going to come here and in here and start sla- slamming like they're in a phone booth. This could get interesting because they both respect the other man's power. So that could be an interesting thing to think about. But you know what? Somebody is going to get clipped. It'd be hard. You'd be hard pressed to bet on the over in this fight, Gabe.
0: Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I thought about Naganu, too and Jerezino. Well, yeah, they'll yeah. be a little patient at first. Yeah, yeah. Patient <laughs> for about 19 seconds. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was funny That's too. really didn't do anything either. No, he did. He literally stood there, kinda, and did nothing for like 20, 20 seconds, whatever it was, twenty five seconds, and he was like, "All right, I'm gonna come in and just throw a flurry of punches now." <laughs> and Jarozino was just completely, completely uh, overwhelmed. Man, this Drew Dober fight. This is a really, really tough fight, actually. This is a tough one. I'm going with Alexander Hernandez. I'm gonna
1: roll the dice here with the kid, Alexander the Great. I don't know, Gabe. I I, I might let th- this one be and try to find something else. Like you called it too close to call. I kind of want to take Dober, but you know that's the thing. You said Hernandez is a little bit rawer, but it, it, this fight this fight it's almost a pick 'em for a reason. It's too tight to call. I gotta I'm gonna have to pass on that one.
0: Uh, Ricky Simon and Ray Borg. We've talked about this fight uh, earlier in the week. Interesting fight. Ray Borg's been through a lot. His uh, he had a child born um, you know, nearly passed away at birth. Of course, he got hit in the face with a dolly, the glass uh, with Conor McGregor. He was out. He's had injuries. um, But he's won a couple of fights. He gets Ricky Simon now. Though Ricky Simon's two inches taller. He's got a six-inch reach advantage. It's just going to be an uphill climb, I think, uh, for Ray Borg in this fight. Now, how about this, though, Cam, as far as uh, going to distance? Uh, Ray Borg's last nine fights have gone the distance. Ray Borg's last nine fights have gone the distance. Ricky Simon, eight and one. To the distance in his last nine it's minus 240 uh but uh, there's there's some good parlay uh material m- material for you right there
1: excellent think, point you gotta yeah. parlay it you got it you know and that's not too bad you talk about it these minus 240s so you say you parlay that with uh smith in the first fight you probably turn that into a, a, a minimal plus number right and that's what i'm going to try to do with these fights love to do the two fight parlays to plus money that's the way i'm going to handle it
0: you know what I, I often do too is I'll play the um, I'll play these uh, an over or will a fight go the distance and if there's big odds. like a good example is like the woman's fight the other night. Yep. Like Esparza and, and Watterson. Waterson. Everybody knew it was going to distance, bro. It was like minus 330 or something like that. But it went the distance. Right? Like that's like you know, you parlay that with something else, you got yourself a little plus one oh three. Right? So, look, I just put this in here. Will that fight go the distance? Yes. So they're not going to let it parlay. You can't parlay it with the same fighter. You're going to have to mix it up a little bit. Um, you know, which other fight you know, you want to take with, with a fighter? Let's say you say Anthony Smith in the main event. You want to get it out of the way. You want to add Anthony Smith into the parlay. And Anthony Smith, so Anthony Smith and Ricky Simon, Anthony Smith to win. And Ricky Simon and Ray Borg to go the distance is plus 120. I got no problem with that. That's nice. So it's a little – it's a fight earlier. You don't even pull for anyone. You're like, all right, guys, just don't do anything. Simon, like I said, 8-1 gone the distance last night. Ray Borg, his last nine fights have gone the distance. Most likely, they're going to go the distance. Then suddenly, you've got it out of the way. Instead of laying 180 on the main event, you've got Anthony Smith in your back pocket at plus 120. And hell, if you want it. I, uh, hedging's for you can do both. but yeah,
1: yeah. you, you, you have you, a you, little you, wiggle room. Yeah, if you needed a bucket of chicken or a pizza or something like that, right? You take the plus 120, and the other one would be plus 160. You got plus money to something. So yeah, if you're desperate to uh, bring out the shears, time to hedge. I'll tell you what, this next
0: fight uh, here, Vittoria and uh, and Robertson, you know, minus 178. People really aren't, everyone's all over Vittoria. Everywhere you read, people pick up Vittoria here. This is an interesting one. I'm kind of tempted to roll the dice with an underdog. Uh, It was a favorite-dominated card the other night. Fabrício Verdum got caught speeding. Um, But, um, you know, listen, each
1: card is different. Um, Robertson's a big dude. Yeah, and he shouldn't be that much of a dog, buddy. Like, what's – you say, people – Vittori's good. You know, I've seen him fight a river, but what would you have made this like? Not a not a buck 75, a buck 80. You would have made it what a buck 40? There's a lot of hype about Vittori, yeah, might be maybe too much. Yeah, there's a lot of hype about Vittori. The
0: thing is that Vittori fought uh Adesanya and went the distance. And Adesanya is one of the best fighters in the world uh, right now, so he gets a lot of respect uh, coming in here. But I just think the number is a little bit too much. And you want to talk about fights going to the distance here. Um, you look at Vittori. Uh, His last six fights have gone the distance. His last six fights have gone the distance. All right? And Robertson's not an easy guy uh, to control. You look at Robertson, and um, three of his last four fights have gone the distance. So three of his last four fights have gone the distance. I think we could be looking at an over in this fight uh, here, Kev. Over, under, rounds, maybe not going the distance uh, here, but as far as rounds, I'm just loading up. Uh, what the current number is uh, right now for the total here. And I think we can get there, actually. As people see, I'm a fan of... Uh, you like these overs. I like UFC overs, and I'm pretty yeah. good with them generally. They, it comes in waves, though. You know this, Cam. It's contagious, right? It and is. Fighters backstage, and they're all watching and stuff. They see, like, crazy stuff. It's contagious, they're almost like, man, we got to top that last fight. I want to get the fight of the night bonus. Yeah, right? it's fifty thousand dollars. It's a lot. Right? like they they put that money out there for a reason to try to encourage you to say, listen, don't just go out there and try to win, but um, you know, try to go out there and put on a show, and we'll, we'll give you money. So the total here, I'm not surprised. It's minus one ninety eight, Cam.
1: Wow, are you willing to parlay it with the other one and hope for yeah, two it's overs? Perfect. Yeah, it's that's perfect. that's what you. That, that's probably a plus money like, parlay. Exactly. I gotta tell you something, Gabe. Uh, Roberson, I'm gonna take a shot there. That's too much juice. There's no there's no lock. That that line is a little bit high, and sometimes you gotta take a flyer. You think this could be a close fight and you're getting that kind of number? And a fight I, that's gonna go with a decision, you never know, right? Exactly. I mean, Look you at us. I don't know Not how they're gonna fight. see it. What about the women's fight? We thought we won with uh, Watterson, right? We didn't win. And, and then the Pettis fight was tight when it went to decision. So anything's possible. I'm going to go with Roberson as a dog, and I'm going to ride you over. I like this. Uh, Roberson,
0: only two of his 11 professional fights have resulted in a KO or a TKO. Yep. Nice. Yeah, sounds, yeah, sounds to me. Um, and how about this, uh, Vittori? Only two of his 19 fights have been decided by KO or TKO. Perfect. Yeah, this one should be uh, should be going the distance. So we got to get an Andre Arlovsky, the ageless one. Andrei Arlovski, but Andrei Arlovski is like three nine and one. There's a no contest, I believe it was. He's won three times since the last 13 fights.
1: Yeah, gotta so, go You're taking wins.
0: Yeah, like you know, it's one of these things where you don't overcomplicate things, right? You got a guy that's three. He's won the last 13 times he stepped into the cage. He's only left three times uh, with the money. Uh, and that's not something that I'm going to be uh, putting my money on in this situation, but uh, we'll nail down our best bets for the main card. we still got a little time for the main card. We'll talk baseball and Morgan on the grid. <laughs> Bunker's basement, as we like to call it. And yes, as always, it got some love earlier in the show. Um, Cam uh, says hello to uh,
3: Mr. Walsh. Well. <laughs> How's doing,
0: Kevin?
3: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, Dad is doing well. Uh, I'll pass the, uh, the good wishes along, and I promise they are uh, reciprocated. Uh, I'm glad that the basement has become uh, a staple of the network during these times. Oh, and it has to stay in future times, actually. You know what <laughs> I mean? like that, that, and In fact,
0: I think we should move the headquarters to your basement. Like That, That's that should be like the headquarters and all <laughs> the live programming. Like People show up at your house at 6 a.m. and stuff. you got to, well, hey, how you doing? Uh, uh, you can yeah. you charge them, of course. You charge them a premium.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This yeah. isn't free. Listen, listen, if you think Listen, you know, we're, we're welcoming here, but at the end of the day, there comes a price where, you know, you're going to have to pay for the facilities now. We'll make it worth the while, right? You know, maybe we've got breakfast going. It all depends, but uh, yeah, it's nothing.
0: As, as I found out in quarantine uh, here, George Kurtz, a member of Sports Grid, his backyard is so big, evidently. He lives in the middle of nowhere, uh, but his backyard is so big. They could play baseball in his backyard. Like, if the Yankees need a place to play, I think they could set up in Kurtz's, Kurtz's backyard. So, uh, before we get into the NBA uh, with you, it was uh, the Money in the Bank uh, mm. pay-per-view over the weekend. First one since they did WrestleMania that was actually a lot of fun. And I was going to watch the, uh, the Money in the Bank uh, stuff, but I fell asleep. Uh, at about um, 6.30, 7.30 or so, I fell asleep. And when I woke up, the last dance was on.
3: Yeah.
0: And I was like, right, you know, I got I to gotta choose between the two of them. Uh, I'm going to watch the last dance. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, and get this. Somebody sent me a message saying, Morency, I think I have all the winners um, for um, uh, for for this card here tonight. And they freaking killed it.
2: They yeah. can only get
0: fifty dollars in uh, per bet. But I had nowhere to bet it. So that just frustrated yeah. me. I didn't want to watch it without betting it. But uh, did you <laughs> check
3: it out? Yeah, of course. I watched it. Um... Some of this, some of the stuff was all right. Mainly, the main, the whole reason people were there for was the new, the new cinematic match of the Money in the Bank, and um, I mean, you know, I came on here, Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse match, loved them. This I did not enjoy that much. I, I just, it didn't work for me. Um, man, just like, and I understand, like some of the stuff was funny, like Otis, like getting distracted by pies was funny. Him being too fat to climb a steel, you know, enforced ladder and then winning the briefcase because AJ Styles fumbled it like a Des Bryant catch? No, that didn't work for me. They killed people. They threw two people off the roof and just moved on. Just moved on. Like that, um, so like... Is that... that-
0: Game time decision continues. I am Gable Marenzi and I'm on the grid. Let's bring in sports grids. George Kurtz, Colonel Kurtz steps up and into the batter's box. What's going on, George? Hey, Gabe, how you doing today? I'm doing all right, uh, George. Uh, me, and, uh, me and Cam got kind of fired up uh, earlier about uh, Major League Baseball's uh, plans uh, to come back. And you would think that me and Cam were Major League Baseball players. And we were as insulted as uh, the players are uh, by this so-called uh, proposal. Uh, but just for the record... Uh, the proposal was to uh, start the season, hopefully July 4th, to play in all of the home stadiums uh, without fans and then eventually phase fans in. Um, there would be a 50-50 revenue split uh, for the remainder of the season between the owners uh, and the players, which is a big sticking point. Um, one thing I don't understand why they would add uh, playoffs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, oh, we got to be safer, so let's add more teams to the playoffs. Doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, But they would go to uh, 14 playoff teams uh, from 10. So it would be four more teams uh, in the playoffs. And, um, you know, that's the gist of it. The rosters would be 30 players. There was nothing about safety. There was nothing about testing. There was nothing about anything. And, um, oh, yeah, the DH would be used in both leagues. And um, it would just basically be divisional play. So, you know, it would be like half a season, mostly divisional play, and maybe a couple of games couple of series is against teams in another division that are geographically close uh, to you. What did you like and dislike about the proposal before we get into uh, the reality of it?
4: Oh, it's a, it's a glorified spring training proposal. You're gonna play the teams that are closest to you, that are uh, in your area. Uh, what's gonna happen, Gabe, though, I mean, with baseball, when the governors say yes or no, uh, of, of those states, that you can play there, you can't play there, those, those teams have to move, how does that change things? It is, as for what I like, I do like the DH of both leagues. I've had it with pictures hitting, you know, have these pitchers want nothing to do with it? They're in the end of the batter's box. They just wave at the pitch as it's going by. They're afraid. So uh, I like that. I adamantly,
0: I mean, I'll adamantly disagree uh, with that
4: stance. I, I'm You're not an not American
0: League guy because you know that it's part of the strategy. That's when pinch hitting comes into play. That's when you decide when you have to take a pitcher out. That's the difference between managing and sitting there and drinking beer. American League baseball to me is like softball.
4: It's not even real baseball. My problem is, uh, if it was the other way around and they said no more DH, I'd be fine with that, too. I want the same rules in both leagues. I think it's idiotic that one league has one rule, the other league has the other. It's like football going, you know, when you're playing in the AFC, we're only really going to play 10 on 10. We're not going to go 11 on 11. <laughs> I think that's just silly to me. I, I just, it just, just It's always bothered me. So I, 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 I understand,
0: but they're separate leagues, right? But It's kind of silly. They are, but they're, they, are, but the they aren't. Energy. Yeah, you, there are, they used to be more distinguished, right, that they were. Remember they used to have their own commissioner and everything? Yes, Like the Like, base, the baseballs president. were signed differently and stuff. Each uh, each league had their own president.
2: president yeah, their, their own president, president. There was president a commissioner
0: and a president. Exactly. Um, so, yeah, you're right. And now with interleague play, I, I get it, George. I, I get it. But I, I don't like the DH. I'm not a fan of it. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just telling you. And, you know, maybe it matters where you grew up, but – Listen. You grew up in a city in which that had National League and American League baseball, right? So you've grown up watching, you've grown up watching the Mets and the Yankees. But you're a Yankee fan, so you're more of an American League guy by nature. Uh, I grew up watching the Expos, the Mets, National League East baseball, and I'm a Dodger fan um, as well. But that's National League baseball as well. I've always just preferred National League baseball, George.
4: Yeah, there's no argument that. And National gets there's more strategy. I mean, you're 100% correct there, obviously for obvious reasons. But I just don't stolen bases and stuff. Yeah, but that's all it comes down to the numbers, people. They don't want you stealing bases anymore unless you're 80% successful. I uh,
1: know, I hate that.
4: Right, because if they don't want to give up that out money ball, they don't. One of the 27 outs, they don't want to give it up unless you're 80% successful. So you don't run anymore. I mean, come on, Gabe. How many times did you see a hit and run last year? I I count on one hand. You just don't see it anymore. No one's moving a runner over. They don't go for a two-run homer, a three-run homer. They're not trying to play simple yeah. one-run baseball anymore. The game has changed over and the
0: years. And you're right. and I'll give you that, too. The National League is... And listen, the American League is one of the all-star game. We can go over the World Series is, uh, over the years. Uh, but I'm not going to... I can't disagree with that sentiment, George, that you've seen a power shift, literally and figuratively, to the National League as well, where everybody just plays for the home run now. It's unfortunate. Hitters swing. I remember years ago when I was the Expos post-game show host. And, you know, I had conversations with players all the time and off the record, et cetera. And I was, I became buddies with Brad Wilkerson. I don't even remember him. Center fielder, yeah, right. good, good good ball player. Um, he was really good. Sort of like a 270, 280 type of hitter. Uh, you know, great defensive player. Was making money. You know, wasn't making massive money in the league, but he started to make a bit of money. One of the worst things ever happened to him, George, is he hit 20 home runs. Yep. He hit 20 home runs, you know, and... The next year, guy's swinging at everything, man. He's striking out all the time. I was buddies with him, actually over a couple of beers. I said, what's going on, bro? Like, you change your swing and stuff, haven't you? And uh, he said, you know, I was talking with my agent in the offseason. He goes, my agent told me, hit 30 home runs and you'll really make money now. And so, you know, suddenly, Georgie wasn't up there for the betterment of everything. He was literally up there thinking about, if I hit home runs, I will make money. Right. right? As simple as that. And then suddenly, are you playing for the good of the team? And he's, he's a real team guy, but you see it all the time, George. Everybody swings for the fences now. Right? Remember the old days, it was acceptable to have the skinny shortstop that hit 212 and stuff, right? That's not there anymore, bro. Your second baseman and shortstop better hit 20 home runs nowadays.
4: Now, the game has changed massively. No one chokes up anymore. No one cares no, about striking no. out anymore. No, you know, I mean, you're right. I mean, well, what was it? Uh, Tony Gwynn struck out three times in his career in one game, I think once. <laughs> Once. And nowadays, I mean, everybody, that, that's nothing. Aaron Judge will do four times in the game four or five times a season. Isn't it the worst, though, like when someone
0: puts a shift on or the bases are loaded, it's like, dude, if you would just, like, line it up the middle or you drop a bun and, you know, we're just move someone over here. Just play baseball the way it was supposed to be played. And what do you hear, George? Well, you know, they're not, they're not paying Stanton, uh, you know, $34 million a year to move people over. And then he strikes
4: out. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, Mark Teixeira of the Yankees, because uh, the, the Yankee announcer would, uh, would ask him, listen, when they shift, why don't you just lay down a bunt or just slap the ball the other way? And he goes, well, I get paid to hit home runs. Yeah. Well, not really. You get paid to win baseball games. All right? And we want to win – you know, fans want to win uh, baseball games. Slap the ball the other way. Get on base. I understand. Seventh inning, eighth inning, you down by a run. Yeah. Try and hit the home run. But you know what? In the third inning, fourth inning, you want to stop that shift. You lay down a bunt a couple of times, you slap the ball there a couple of times, that shift goes away. If if you can prove you can do that, yeah. the shift goes bye-bye. It's called situational hitting. Right? Yeah, it's called
0: situational hitting, and they don't seem to get it, but it's accepted, right? It's not mine. And listen, the guy can strike out three times, hit a home run, they're gonna take it. Right? Like that's that's the way they look at it. And you know, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with it, but that's the change. And now, you know, the general managers want that. I mean, guys like Mike Socha you know, clash because of that stuff, right? You know, we're, you know the old, well, we don't pay the guy to do that. And you you just said it. Mark, Mark Desher said it himself. They're not paying me to do that, right? So the players sort of understand that. The other term I hate is launch angles. Wow, the launch angle's different. And it's like, no, the launch angle's, in, they're trying to murder the ball. <laughs> like every one of them. Like, they're all trying. Like if everyone tries to hit home run, therefore there's going to be more home runs as opposed to, you know what? I'm just going to try to line it into the gap here. I'm just going to take a single here. No one's impressed with singles anymore.
4: No. Uh, no uh, one's impressed. When you and I grew up, Gabe, and we played baseball, when, you first, when, when we were first instructed about playing baseball and batting, what were we told? Get Hit on the, the ball up the middle. Hit the, no, hit the ball up the middle. I was always told hit the ball up the middle, right? Right back at the pitcher. Send it back to where it came from. All right, now, no one wants that. You're oh, absolutely yeah, our right. Our coach, the same thing. It was like basically, get on base. Walk, <laughs> hit, run. I didn't care. A- Get on base, yeah. But the problem is now, I mean, most uh, most general men, most numbers guys will tell you, you know what, the odds of hitting three singles in a row, and that's what it would take to get a run, yeah, yeah. are not good, just not good. Yeah, but, but what, what, what what better. what about you? You know, you get it. Well, I don't understand that,
0: but we all know what's the percentage if you walk the old. What's it if the if the if the that's, leadoff runner gets on base? It's a walk. Lead leadoff runner walk scores yeah.
4: what sixty percent of the time. Exactly. So that's
0: not a home run. You know what happened to getting a guy on base, stealing second. There's errors, George. Things happen in baseball. Guys boot balls. You know, sacrifice flies. There's a lot of different ways to score runs. And listen, you look at World Series teams, it's usually small ball that gets it done. Once you get into the playoffs, well, we, can, we can get into a debate about this, about, like, when's the last the last team really slugged their way to a championship. You know, St. Louis Cardinals and Texas was kind of a crazy World Series years ago. And that's going back a ways. I was living in Vegas uh, back then. All right, so we only got about two and a half, three minutes left here, George. Uh, Sean Doolittle had interesting takes about the health and the concern of players, about people that are coronavirus survivors, even in their 20s and 30s, et cetera, have permanent lung damage, which is a very big concern for athletes. We talked about the rule proposals and their proposal and stuff, but what, what's, uh, what's the sticking points to you? What catches
4: your eye? What's your take on the whole thing? Oh, it's going to be the money. It's always the money. Baseball wants nothing to do with a salary cap, and they're viewing this as a salary cap. Yeah, they, according to them, baseball feels like, you know what? We already agreed. We'll prorate our salaries. That's it. We're not doing anything else. Yeah, that was That's in their CBA. So why would they expect them to be doing anything else? I'm curious, Gabe. That, that deal they made with the owners, we keep hearing the owners said there's a clause in that deal that says if yeah. no fans are coming, we can renegotiate that. Is that true or is that not true? If it's true, then I don't All think right. the players have a leg to stand on here. But if it's true, then it gets much dicier. If that clause is there, then the players are wrong. Why would that clause be there? I, I think it's probably not there. It's not there.
0: I, I don't, I think it's just that's just sort of they're throwing it out there to try to put pressure, even more pressure well, the on the The owner screwed up.
4: Didn't the owners, whoever the lawyer yes. was, the owner screwed up by not putting that clause in. They didn't think ahead. They would never imagine there's no
0: fans. They didn't, you know what I mean? It was never. <laughs> the whole thing is the clause was: if something weird happens, right? If something weird happens, act of God, and like basically the player stance, George, is we already agreed to this by losing 25% of our salary because there's no fans. Right. Like, yeah, the extenuating circumstances in the CBA says, well, all right, we lose 25 percent of our salary. And Andrew Miller, who's the player rep, the head player rep current for the the Cardinals, but uh, head player rep said, you know, when they sell more tickets, we don't ask for more money. We don't get more money. We're not partners with them. Right, and now suddenly the owners are pulling this, let's get in, you know, we're all family in this together stuff, George. <laughs> you and I have talked about this. Owners have been setting this up
4: and lowering the payroll and screwing players for a couple of years now, bro, already, you know this. And the players know it too, and they're angry. Bottom line is this. Both sides are going to look like complete morons if government says you can play, health says you can play, but they're arguing over money.
0: Yeah, but I haven't seen any government say they can play. Have you said, oh, July 4th, Yankee Stadium's open. Have
4: you seen Cuomo say that? No, no, that's a problem in itself. We've got to get out of here, George. Great talking to you.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: The time, decision continues. I am Gabriel Morenci, and I'm on the grid. Let's do this thing. Thanks to George Kurtz for throwing it down. Man, we're getting uh, fired up from impassioned baseball talk. On the program today, I didn't think we get sidetracked in a little mini argument about uh, the universal DH <laughs> and I, for one, I'm against it and I maintain my stance. All right. That American league baseball is softball. All right. There's a reason why it's the, you know, the senior circuit and the junior circuit, uh, so to speak. Uh, but yeah, I know, I know the American league dominates the all-star game all the time, but let's bring in Robert Murray right now to talk, uh, some baseball, uh, the score steps up and then Robert, thanks for joining us on the program. How you doing Robert?
5: I'm good, and how
0: are you? We're doing good. We're doing good. Uh, what would we be doing better if, um, if we had a real plan uh, put in place? And I saw a light at the end of this tunnel, and what I see is almost like 1994 all over again uh, right now. And I like to bring that up, actually, because um, I, I remember it vividly, and I was living in Montreal at the time, and after all those years, the Expos were finally a dominant team. There was no World Series. There's been 25-plus years of harmony uh, since then, but – This could get pretty ugly pretty fast, couldn't it?
5: It really could. And I expect it to in the next couple of weeks because this is going to end up resulting in a big disagreement between the players and the owners because the players want one thing and owners want the other thing. And they're on completely opposite sides of the spectrum. Um, I expect it in the next couple of days, maybe even the next couple of weeks, there's going to be a lot of leaks, that there's tension. Uh, You can already sense it early on today so far, talking to people in the know. Um, but I ultimately expect it to get done, and there's going to be an agreement in place where we can eventually have baseball again. And I know that's going to be a welcome thing for a lot of different people. But it's going to get, it's going to start ugly, but then it's going to end up getting better uh, by when it's all said and done.
0: Yeah, like any negotiations, right? They both have a lot to lose here. Yep. Uh, I don't think the players appreciate the the fact that they've been painted into a corner right off the top, right, with the constant leaks and the proposals. And the thing that sticks out to me the most is, is, listen, I thought that the, the the Cactus League and the Grapefruit League plan was the best plan. Play in the spring training stadiums, no fans. Players are used to living in those complexes and the areas to begin with. Bring your families there. Just don't go out shopping every day. Stay isolated. Not, not quarantine per se, but isolated. Testing, et cetera. I don't understand. To me, the 4th of July thing is sort of like when Trump said we're opening up on Easter, because it sounded good at the time, right? A rebirth type of thing. What, 4th of July? What, just by coincidence, you picked the 4th of July now? And I haven't heard, and we just talked about some of them from New York, and we're in New York right now ourselves. Dude, I haven't seen Andrew Cuomo say, oh, yeah, yeah, Yankee Stadium's going to be open on July 4th. Have you? Have you, As the governor of Wisconsin said, they're, they're opening up, uh, you know, the, the, the Brewers? And does Michigan seem like they're ready right to have baseball in downtown Detroit right now? She won't even let you go boating, right? They're not selling; you won't sell lawn fertilizer, bro. Like, like what am I missing here, Robert?
5: <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of different things. Like, I agree that having these games where the spring trainings is played, I think that's smart. But I also know that's not high up on their list of preferences. And I think we're going to end up seeing games there when this is all said and done. Uh, <laughs> but like, it's all over to get end up back there <laughs> yeah and like and, and another thing I'm thinking too is is something they really want to do is they want to have some of these games played in cities where the cases are lesser but as you mentioned these places are not being opened up um, so they're gonna end up having to get creative there's a lot of different scenarios at play I do think we're gonna end up seeing games where the spring training games are played um but where else they play um, is yet to be determined it's it's gonna end up being really fascinating to follow and see what they end up coming up with
0: to me too we've been talking a lot about this from a college football uh perspective um in which college football commissioners are basically telling each other listen there's going to be competitive imbalances this year it just is the way that it is and we all have to live with it and you can't complain if the Oregon ducks have to play for their first five weeks on the road then so be it right then that's what you guys are going to have to do and you have to reschedule games if you can't play on uh, yeah, your home stadium, uh, etc. I get all that, but I don't see how it works with baseball. So what? So what? The Texas Rangers are going to get to play at home, but you're going to ask the Yankees and Mets to go play in Florida at their spring training? Are the Toronto Blue Jays suddenly what they're supposed to give up playing at home and they're going to what? They're going to play in Buffalo? That's being you know that was thrown out there. That's where their farm team is. Ooh, mm-hmm. they'll play in Buffalo. Like, there's just so many things that in every little one of those things would be a massive negotiation, Robert, let alone to have them all at once. Oh, yeah, we're going to come back. And by the way, you're going to play in Buffalo. You guys are going to play in Arizona now from now on. What about California? Gavin Newsom doesn't seem to be ready to open anything up.
5: No, it, it's going to result in sheer chaos is what it's going to end up doing here. Is it, This negotiation is going to end up being one of the more tense ones, and it's going to have ramifications throughout the next few years with the CBA. Um, but if we're like really focusing on the now, um, what this is all resulting in is a lot of concerns about these players' health. And that's number one for what these the players are worried about is how are you going to be able to move these guys from, say, let's you said you mentioned Texas and you want to move them to Arizona for a game or a series. Um, how are you going to be able to do that safely? That's something that the players are thinking about right now. Um, like salary, too. It's just the safety thing is is really the big one. And if they're able to come up with protocols where the players are going to be able to travel safely, then I think we're going to end up seeing progress. But that's going to end up being one of the big sticking points because we're not just talking about players either. We're talking about coaches. We're talking about families. We're talking about all sorts of different people. And if they're able to come up with something like that, I think that's when we're going to end up seeing some progress. How many
0: managers and umpires are over the age of 60 with pre-existing conditions? Like what, like half of them? You know what I'm saying?
5: Like, Has to be.
0: Yeah, like, you know, you go down the list, and it's funny, you know, we talk about health, and I'm sure there's people tuning in right now, and trust me, people, I'm not a pink Okami, all right? <laughs> but I'm sure there's people tuning in, oh, this guy's talking about health, and, you know, people talk more about the money, and, all oh, the players are greedy, and, all oh, the players better do this. Sean Doolittle, who's a pretty smart guy, I'm sure you saw his Twitter tirade and his Twitter thoughts about things, and he was bringing up the safety issues, and they were legitimate concerns, right, about, okay... You know, yeah, you know, people in their 20s don't die as much, but there's permanent damage to your lungs. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what, what kind of damage does that do to an athlete uh, moving forward? And who's going to be responsible for any compensation uh, from injuries uh, related to coronavirus, which are all legitimate questions that I don't think, you know, Joe Sixpack really cares about. Because, you know, you see the Twitter replies my, wor- my wife works at Walmart, I work in a warehouse. And, you know, I I sympathize with these people, but the fact is you don't have a 98 mile an hour fastball, like I say.
5: Exactly, and like, and as you say, Joe Sixpack, is is what you said, it doesn't have to worry about this, or I mean, they...
0: Yeah, they're not the ones traveling around you, right?
5: Exactly, and like, and the thing you have to worry about, though, is like, if they end up getting it, and they end up seeing their father, or they see a manager, or they see a parent, or whoever is older, and spread it to them, I mean, that's another thing that they're worried about, too, is just, as you mentioned, the safety thing is is going to end up being a huge huge key in this. Um, I mean, it may not seem like um, on the surface to some people that it's a really press, pressing issue, but in reality, it is, and that's going to end up being the biggest obstacle when it's all said and done. Is I got it, guys. Safe. I got a message
0: from somebody who's a pretty smart guy, and uh, he told me that uh, he goes between you and me from inside sources. He goes, I know one owner that doesn't even want to play. And how many, you know, w- without the fans, how many owners are they all universally owners together in on this? Or, or are some of them thinking, you know, without the fans and unless we get the players to agree to this new revenue split, then you know what? It's not worth it for us.
5: Yeah, I think. The owners, when it's all said and done, are going to want this to happen because if they don't have games, they're not going to be able to generate revenue from TV contracts or other outside sources. Um, and I think that's going to end up being uh, the big thing with all this is is the owners and the players both can gain from all this. So I think this is going to be a universal thing of where both sides want to play, but are they going to be able to come up with an agreement on all these issues? It's going to take time. It's going to take probably a couple of weeks. Um, maybe toward the end of the month. Like, as, as I mentioned before, um, I do think something's gonna end up getting, getting done when it's all said and done. Um, but I, I do think um, that it's gonna be a universal thing where both sides wanna get this done. It's just a matter of how quickly is this gonna be be able to get agreed upon.
0: I think, you know, me personally, I think there's a chance as well. Um, I, you know, I think there's a good chance they play. I think that the July four stuff is very unrealistic. I think if they were realistic about this, they would begin to plan now. And they're not even on the same page. As you stated, it's going to take a while. I think August is, is more realistic. And then you get into, all right, what are the logistics of this? I don't understand them wanting to fly around either. I, I just don't get that. Like I, And I get that the players were adamant. I know, like, in Milwaukee, Brett Anderson said no. Mike Trout was like no. Mike Trout has a pre-existing condition, as it is. Clayton Kershaw, they, you know, a lot of big players were against against the the quarantine so to speak especially without their families but they weren't really down with it with their families either at some point there has to be a compromise but i don't understand from a safety and a health issue how they think that flying around america right now is the best way to go about this they're only going to expose themselves all the time robert like i don't i don't get like this like like do they have one doctor is there one medical advisor in the room with this proposal
5: yeah I, I don't know that's a very good question it's it's as I mentioned it's gonna end up being a huge concern for all of them if they're able to get like something in place where they are able to get testing or and other ways of, of making sure these guys are safe and being able to do so while traveling I think that's gonna end up being a big thing but as you mentioned there's not gonna be many people who want to travel right now especially with with everything going on right now um, yeah that's as a that's gonna end up being the big thing when it's with all this is, is the yeah. Of travel yeah yeah, and you can
0: ask these guys to travel, like, basically every three days. <laughs> yeah. So every three days, guys, let's get on a plane and off a plane. I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't make a lot of sense. I maintain that the Florida and Arizona stuff uh, made the most sense. But, you know, people wonder. They look at Korea, and they saw the Korean League did it. Well, the Korean League is a smaller league. The mm-hmm. Korean League actually attacked this and has been going about this for about six weeks, dude, it took. Like, it took them a long time to get to the point. They would practice, and then, oh, we got three guys with it. All right, isolate them. And, you know what I mean? They did contacts, right? Like, they were really, really on top of it. Nobody's really, really on top of it here. That's the big difference. And when people see the UFC, they're like, oh, well, the UFC did it. The UFC are doing these one-offs. You know what I mean? You got you got 100 people. Dude, you know how many people? The UFC it took 1,200 tests to do that card on Saturday night.
5: Yeah, and that's going to be the big thing with with baseball in in the United States is like you as you mentioned with having those tests, the twelve hundred tests. Are you going to be able to have tests available for every single person that's on each facility? And how are you going to be able to do that and make that manageable? Um, I don't know how they're going to be able to do that because as you as you said, there's a lot more people um, in Major League Baseball than there is in Korea or even in uh, in the UFC. So, I mean, that's one of the many things that they're going to have to discuss. It's just, it's a lot. And, and I think both sides recognize that right now.
0: Uh, we've only got a couple of minutes left here uh, with Robert Murray from The Score. Um, the thing that sucks, too, is it was actually a fun baseball season coming into the year this year. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was actually, like, a lot going on. It was like, wow, Mookie Betts is on the Dodgers now. And can the Dodgers finally— it, To me, it felt like the Yankees and the Dodgers were finally on that collision course— for that, you know, the big time World Series. Um, and then you had the Houston Astros coming and people were so looking forward. People, you know, everyone had the date circled. One of the Astros come to my town so I can let him have it, right? Mm-hmm. There, there was a lot of interesting storylines coming into this year that we're not seeing now, unfortunately.
5: Yeah, it's it's a huge bummer because the, the big one is Mookie Betts going to the Dodgers and how that was supposed to make them unstoppable in the in a piece that made them, go from good to great and, and give them the world series and, and you mentioned the astros too and it's funny that with all this that jeff lunow and aj hinch might only be suspended for rather than a full 162 and whatever they do in the playoffs yeah
0: time served yeah, yeah.
5: like it's crazy to think about but you know it's i mean that's what they're trying i wish I Same wish Rob Manford
0: was the principal of my high school, Robert. Maybe I wouldn't have gotten kicked out for all things I would have done. He would have said, oh, no, it's fine, son. It's fine. He seems to let everything go. Robert, unfortunately, we got to get out of here. Thanks for taking the time to be with us. Get on the grid.
2: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
0: All right, unfortunately, Cam, we're on the clock, old-school style. Let's do this thing. Michael Johnson's about to step into the octagon, actually. Just two and five in his last seven fights, beating Thiago Moises. And listen, Michael Johnson could be uh, fighting in Bellator soon if he doesn't win this fight, all right? There's something about Michael Johnson. I mean, sometimes he's dynamic, and I don't know, sometimes he just doesn't let it fly. There's like something, it's like a mental block with this guy, but he's extremely athletic. It's minus 108 uh, right now, basically a pick I'm going to take a chance uh, with Michael Johnson. We were talking about Andre Orlovsky. He's just an automatic bet against. Nice guy, great guy. He's a legend, Hall of Famer. But come on, man. He's 3-9-1 in his last 13 fights. So uh, we're going to bet against
1: him. What are you looking at, Ken? Well, Gabe, I'm going to ride a couple of your totals because I usually play sides more than totals. But let's start off with Smith at minus 180, and we'll cap him also in a couple of parlays. I think he will get the fight done. Big dog of the night. <laughs> Robertson, plus 165? That's a big, big price. I think I'm going to put it on the card. As I told you, uh, the Rothwell fight could go either way, but I'm getting a guy at plus 125 against OSP. I think that's a good price. Hopefully, good Ben shows up. And you talked about Orlovsky. Great guy. Legend of the sport. has been there forever. But Linz, Linz at minus 155, I think is a very, very good price there. Also, the over in the Roberson fight, the over. In uh, the Simon fight, you said that's the plus 110, 115, and uh, maybe our boy Dober. Why don't we get a little Dober, that fighter of the night? You're calling there at minus 120. Yeah. Very tight. I'm going to sprinkle on that one, but I like uh, my lean. My my mind tells me Dober in that fight, buddy.
0: Yeah, I'm a little bit concerned about that uh, betting against uh, Dober right now. He's he is a, he's a hot fighter, uh, that's for sure. But we're gonna we're gonna take Anthony Smith uh, as well. We're gonna go over the two and a half rounds with Anthony Smith and Glover Teixeira. In that fight, we're rolling the dice uh, with OSP to win a fight. And we're rolling the dice that uh, this fight can go the distance of plus 156. We've got Alexander Hernandez. I've got Ricky Simon. Don't you lose that number, Ricky. Get it Ricky. done. Uh, Ricky Simon. Uh, Ricky minus 174. That fight's going to go the distance. We'll parlay that to go the distance with Marvin Vittori and uh, Robertson to go over the number. I'll tell you what. I'm going to roll the dice on Robertson at, uh, as an underdog too. I like Michael Johnson to get it done. And uh, as Cam mentioned, we've got a bet against Andre Arlovsky, Who uh, people don't know this. Andre Arlovsky was actually one of the uh, security guards on the Jerry Springer show. <laughs> He actually was. He, <laughs> our Loftus trained in Chicago, and he got a gig as his Jerry uh, on the Jerry Springer show. Good scary. He's, Jeremy, he's, Clark, he's Clark, also been in a lot of movies. But we got to get out of here. Stay safe.